0: I'm seeing PXG associated with both hype and gimmick. So do you think our readers are skeptical?
1: I think they're watching more of Bob Parson commercials.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is episode number 77 of No Putts Given. I've got Harry, Chris, Tony, and Adam here with me today. And Adam, since you're stopping by, why don't you do the honors? Let's get it.
2: It's so deep and like to the core. That would have been
3: perfect for last week with our ball dropping episode. (laughs) That would have been
1: awesome. Uh, Shuttlecock. It's Uh, not as good for Harry's Nodwill's Daily Dingers, where he says, Dingers.
2: Yeah. I can't
1: really get that tone, but oh yeah. Dingers.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, you know, everybody has their thing. So it works. It works for dingers and no putts given. But how are we this week, guys?
1: I'm great. I'm learning so much from Daily Dingers. I mean, I'll be honest, it's pretty cool. I love it. I think it's great.
2: You did come in here yesterday and you was like, I, I can't stop goat, like goat humping. <laughs>
1: My kids are all saying dingers <laughs> all the time and singing the Spy Shag Me song.
2: And it's very catchy. Yeah, it, it is, is catchy.
1: If the golfer behind the videos was any good, it'd be really good. But
2: Yeah, that would be like really helpful. <laughs> but <laughs> sucks to <the> suck sometimes.
1: <laughs> Did you tell everybody you just won your first? Was that your first W in a professional tournament?
2: Uh, second. 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 W. Sorry, sorry. Second. Yeah, I played the other week um, and ended up winning. So that was a good first tournament to the year. And got some tournaments coming up g pro and swing thought tour so hopefully i can get that form into those tournaments
1: i'm just looking for the back of your car to be your truck to be filled with those happy gilmore
2: checks (laughs) (laughs) that would be funny
3: harry when you go into that tournament are you thinking hey this is a tournament i'd like to win or like hey
2: well you know i would like to be like oh i could win but i'm taking home a profit it's an extra income for me baby (laughs) his side
1: hustle is being a pro golfer that's pretty i know Tony's side hustle is now going to be cameo for anybody that wants to call
2: him. <laughs> yes. And be shamed yes. for the ball you play. He will call <laughs> you on cameo for 1999. Oh my god. Please make that happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to be less
4: militant about people's golf ball choices, but
2: oh. bullshit. You are you would love
3: to do that, Tony. Let's face it. I'm
4: trying.
3: You said premium ionomer is a category that should not exist. So yeah,
4: I mean that's a bullshit word.
3: This is what I'm saying.
1: This <laughs> Phrase <is laughs> bullshit. That's Somewhere what. Is. Hey, somebody would have paid twenty bucks to be shamed for that. Yep. Have you ever gone into <laughs> exactly. those restaurants called like you know? Yep.
0: Yeah. Ed Debevics. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. What are we talking about today?
0: Tony, I was actually going to come to you. We are breaking down the driver test by swing speed, and on Monday, so today, the high swing speeds were released and published so i was hoping harry tony which one of you guys wants to take this and break it down
1: all right so we have most wanted driver testing which tests everything and gives you the overall winners with all the swing speeds combined right this is the best for high swing speeds and what how we define that is 105 mile an hour and above so if you're one of those guys out there or women out there hitting dingers this (laughs) top five is for you right yeah, so our top five. This is this is
4: really where our most wanted overall winner, the Callaway Epic Max LS, kind of really stood out. So that was the uh, finished on top again. Uh, second, the Tour Edge EXS Pro, which has just been mm-hmm. you kind of go through the results. It's just one of those ones that that's kind of sneaky. Maybe again, Tour Edge doesn't get the credit it deserves with the EXS line. Probably doesn't get the beating it deserves for the hot lunch line, um, but so <laughs>
1: they make the best and worst drivers a go. I mean, it's yeah unbalanced.
4: Uh, good to see EXS there because that is a, a value proposition. Uh, Rad Speed Cobra number three. Um, that was another one. Again, we kind of saw pop up under a lot of different metrics in the overall test. The driver that refuses to go away. The <laughs> Ping G Four Ten LST fourth overall. <laughs> It's historically
3: good. That is a historically yeah. good driver.
4: And then uh, number five overall, the, the Titleist TSI two. Again, we think I would say huge improvements certainly over the last two generations from from Titleist, going from short, spinny drivers to now, you know, drivers that appear to be sort of in the in the upper echelon of what we
2: test. Tony, it's impressive how you keep the same tone throughout all of those. (laughs) That was a very
0: monotone delivery.
2: And I'm like, you're from England, technically.
0: (laughs)
1: Number one, Callaway. (laughs) Callaway Epic Max LS won the 2021 Most Wanted Driver Test. And it also won overall for high swing speeds. It was first in strokes gained, first in forgiveness uh, for the high swing speeds. And first in strokes gain and first in distance for overall. So a dominant driver and nearly double the next closest competitor in strokes gain for high swing speed. So if you are in the high swing speed category, this top five that Tony read off in, in that fashion should be probably in your demo set.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for sure, that Epic, it's just it it's it's long right number one for distance for high swing speed players but also just proved really straight in our test and that to not only hit fairways but hit it a long way in the fairway I mean, that's yeah I, I i want that
1: yeah the two takeaways for me are is epic max ls wins overall wins for high swing speed but the 410 lst which is the mm-hmm. first year we've actually included previous year winners in our driver tests actually you know people always want to know is newer better and in this case last year's driver from Ping actually hung with the new drivers and outperformed in our test their new model, which is pretty unique.
0: And I wanted to go back to the top five overall. Tony, number five was the Titleist TSI2, correct? Yeah. And that's an unusual <laughs> sighting in the top five driver. Titleist traditionally doesn't outperform the other top five OEMs and drivers, but Harry, you're in the top five. Uh, the high swing speed category, didn't you just make a switch to the Titleist driver?
2: I did. I went for the Titleist TSI 3. Okay. But it's different. So the drivers that we're suggesting, well, that came out on top in the top five, is just a great starting point for you to go look at what to test. And for me, the TSI 3 was just incredible across all matrix, forgiveness, distance, and accuracy um so it was just stupid for me not to go along with that
3: so tony here's a question though if you know so like we have the testing every year right and that is true it is what it is but you talk about the gaps between you know first and second third and fourth and so it's like sometimes okay you go out on a course and let's say you know you're watching the pga tour players and somebody shoots a 65 but the field average that day was a 74 so that's 65 was maybe a lot, lot better than somebody else that shot a 61 or 62 relative to the field. So from kind of that perspective, how much better was the LS in general as compared to second, third, fourth? It seems like that the Callaway outperformed everything else by a significant, you know, significant amount.
4: Yeah, for this group, it was it was a pretty significant margin you know certainly as you break it down as you start adding parameters right which is what we do in true golf fit where we also consider attack angle and tempo the the more you can narrow down your parameters the the sort of the better recommendation we can give and and typically as those parameters get narrower and narrower those gaps start to emerge and so i i don't think it's necessarily atypical to see wider gaps when we do the swing speed breakdown but yeah, this was, a, this was a pretty big gap, as Adam mentioned.
1: Doesn't mean it's the best for everybody, but but certainly we're like, all right, that one worked. To give you some perspective distance-wise, um, Chris, on that, you have 18,000 shots, right, for an overall test. When you throw right. all that in together, you generally have between first and fifth place, maybe four or five yards distance difference, you know? Mm-hmm. When you look at that same top five in high swing speed to low swing speed, sometimes you can get upward of 15 yards difference, you know? So the gap starts to get bigger and bigger as you start to drill down closer and closer to the specificity of an individual golfer's swing characteristics, right?
3: Sure. I think that's important, too, because people some people look through whether it's the total driver test or, you know, even the swing speed breakdown and go, oh, you know, the difference between first and last and this and that was, you know, one tenth of one shot over, you know, so I'm not going to spend $500 on something that's going to save me one shot over 32 rounds or something like that. But the reality is. Like I said the more specific you get to the characteristics of your individual swings the difference between the driver that's best for you and a driver that's maybe middle of the road and a driver that's absolutely terrible for you can easily be oh, 10 15 20 yards.
1: The difference between worst and first in the high swing speed category generally is over around 20 yards. That's that's a that's yeah, a that's, thing. That's huge. The best example I can give as a person was Harry. I mean the guy swings 120 plus miles an hour. He came in working at my golf by hitting the ball 280 yards. He now hits it, you know, 315 on average, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just getting a driver that got close, narrower down to his individual specificity, right?
4: In, in this test too, Harry, yeah, such a unique case.
2: I mean, Tony, you you talk about the the TSI, you know a little bit more about it.
4: It's yeah, it's one of these things, right? Usually, usually when we look at an individual tester because we have that ability, so. You know, Philip will call me and go, hey, what do you think for this guy? Or can you can you show me, you know, what do I need to do to see the best for this individual tester and show them how different clubs rank? So as I'm compiling the the data, Harry calls me up and go, hey, what do you think is the best driver for me? And so I looked at our core metrics and for number one or for you know, our strokes gain overall, it was the TSI three. And then number one for distance for Harry was also the TSI three. And then I looked at the forgiveness metric and number one for Harry was the TSI three. And again, this is all for Harry, but it's, right. it's a unique case because, because usually there is a bit of like, are you willing to forego, a little bit of forgiveness to get more distance or, you know, are you you willing to sacrifice the opposite way? Yeah. There's
3: some trade-off. Everybody has some trade-off.
4: Right. And so usually it's like, all right, it's it's number one here, but it's number six here and number four over here. And so to see kind of a straight line across the table, like that, that is the ultimate no-brainer. Um, and that, that's actually atypical to some degree, but Jeez, I mean, the best yeah. way to
1: look at it is most wanted yeah. is the top of the pyramid, right? Swing speed is the middle of the pyramid and true golf fit is the bottom of the pyramid, right? Or inverse, however you want to shape it.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, actually.
3: I will be going on true golf fit later today and posting my results then.
1: Oh, there cool. you go.
0: Very cool. We'll
3: see, we'll see what it comes up with. What What does true golf fit cost anyway these days? It's not much.
1: It's nine bucks.
3: Nine bucks. That's like two. That's like. What is that? It's that's not even
1: less
4: than a Jersey Mike's sandwich. <laughs> is, I can tell you that. <laughs> that.
3: I can tell you that is one half of a large Jersey Mike's roast beef and provolone sandwich for me. Well, you
4: get the giant. That's not.
3: I, that's, you
0: pay sixteen dollars for a large sandwich.
3: A giant, giant. It's four individual mini sandwiches.
0: But sixteen dollars. Sixteen ninety
4: nine. If you have a jaw that unhinges like a python, <laughs> you can you can eat that sandwich. I <laughs>
0: Well, anyway, we're going to link the, um, the article for High Swing Speeds Results uh, to this video so you can go and take a look and see where you might fit in. And as always, you can check out Truegolf Fit to get an even better idea. Um, but I want to move on. Uh, Tony and Adam, we did another one-word survey this year, and I think this is very interesting. We almost asked our audience to play a word association game with us, and we threw out words like engineering, innovation, performance, leader, and see. What company our audience most associates with those words? And Adam, before we get into the results, I wanted to go to you and ask, why even do a survey like this?
1: Why not? I mean, we do a lot of surveys on my by, you know, just to survey what's going on in the industry, what's going on with our readers, things like that. But if I have to look at any and go, which is my favorite, the one word survey probably is it, because as a golf insider, this gets to the root of what's going on in the industry the fastest because people have to associate a word with a company. They can't think it's not, you know, it's not wishy-washy. It's black or white to some degree, right? So the other thing that's really cool about it, I think, is the year over year aspect of it. So that you can see the changes on how consumers feel about companies on a year-to-year basis. The third interesting point is these are things that Tony and I talk about probably two years ahead of when the data actually starts to show what we are talking about behind the scenes which is just another cool thing and this year not only is it my favorite survey but this was my favorite year to see the data that came from it because i think it's in my opinion the most compelling one we've ever done
0: what result did you find most compelling
1: the basically polarization between taylormade and callaway And when you look at those two companies and where they both were, where they've come and where they are now, kind of over the last probably five to eight years, TaylorMade was the king. They, you know, they lost that crown. They lost the five-year war. Yep. Callaway comes in, takes a lot of the same people from that TaylorMade ship, right? Brings it over, uses a similar playbook, rises really quickly. TaylorMade gets bought out by a private equity group, which most people would have thought would not have seen what results we just found in the survey. And Callaway, for lots of different reasons, I think, is in a much different position. So we saw TaylorMade this year skyrocket in positive words and Callaway plummet in negative words.
2: Why do you think that? You know, uh, The one thing
4: I say, and I'm probably going to write a larger article on this, but fundamentally, there is an ebb and flow between those two brands, uh, almost without exception. If one is up, the other is down. So when TaylorMade was the number one driver in golf, Callaway was number two, and then Callaway went up, and so TaylorMade had to go down. And now, now TaylorMade has the number one driver again, and, and Callaway is down. And so there's there's always you know this going on with those two brands anyway. And I think you know Adam touched on it. So TaylorMade is a a much different company than it was. Four years ago, three years ago, is sort of have right. There's a progression. Hey, something. There was a big change, big change for TaylorMade. Adidas sold to a private equity firm, and then it it takes time for the effects of those changes to be realized, to materialize, to to sort of invent itself as a at least a a different company and how it approaches business. If you want to call it taking your licks, taking a beating, having uh, you know a stutter step, at least TaylorMade went through that a few years ago. I think we're seeing a little bit of the same thing with with Callaway now, where it's a much quieter thing because there's not that that public announcement of, hey, you know, we, we just sold our company to somebody else. And certainly sort of forward facing, you see some really encouraging things like the acquisition of Golf, a lot of really kind of cool things happening for the Callaway brand. But behind the scenes, it's a very, very different company than it was certainly two years ago, even a year ago so the big thing i point to right harry arnett who who came over from taylormade it was sort certain, certainly the driving force behind the reinvention from a marketing perspective he'll never take the solo credit for it but you know it was the team that that he put together with that the, the pirate ship marketing as he called it and and that kind of thing that that really drove that train so harry's gone most of the guys, most of his team is gone. Chad Coleman, right, drove their social media. Social media Callaway, way different than it was. You know, I jokingly called it, Callaway was like your buddy, the golf company, right? It's like super accessible on, on social media, felt like real people, felt like you were connecting with these people and by extension, connecting with the brand. That is all gone. Most of those guys are gone. It's a fundamentally different approach internally. There's this this shift happening. The word that I've heard over and over and over again is that Callaway decided it wanted to be a more authentic golf brand, and so you're you're seeing a lot of changes to to try and reach that that end goal, whatever that means, right? And you're seeing a lot of tailor made type marketing.
0: That's interesting that if Callaway wants to be a more authentic golf brand, why then would they be down 36% in positive words?
4: It's a transition thing. So it's, it's different, right? So, so even if you're not consciously aware of it, our readers are are part of that sort of hyper online engagement community. So, so they're seeing the social media piece of it and, and kind of the, the digital stuff, not necessarily the, the TV commercials and what you see in the stores. And so, even if they are not consciously aware that something is different, I think there are leading indicators. And so all of these things that or some of the things that that really drew people to Callaway made Callaway cool have have changed. And Callaway probably believes it's evolving for the better, but it is in this period of transition. And I think
1: I think that's that's what I would attribute most of it to. I can give you three stats, Miranda, if you want to know why, you know. Yeah. The number one is dishonest. OK, they were plus 108 percent in dishonesty. Okay. That's going to bring your negative words down pretty quickly. Uh, The second one was deceptive. They were up 66% in deceptiveness from the one word survey. And then the next one was leader. So they were looked at down 48% when people considered who is the leader in golf. Those three things move the needle um, significantly.
0: So. that makes me wonder then, Tony, everything you were mentioning makes sense, but it feels a little inside baseball to me for readers to be thinking about a transitionary period, and that's why we're going to vote this way. It might be implicit, but Adam, what you're saying to me seems a, a more obvious way that our readers might associate Calloway, and I would think that there's probably a very obvious link as well. I, I don't know if there's still the the fallout from Find It, Cut It.
1: I think some of it is perceptual like Tony was saying and you got a vibe you mm-hmm. get a feel from the social every day over a couple of years and that changes your opinion. I think you also get a, an opinion from our reader which took the surveys from the ball issue that they had and how they handled that or you know the fact that there's just a lot of things that go into it so you can't possibly say here's exactly why. But okay. when you look at the three metrics that bring that number up the quickest and the hardest and the fastest those seem to be the three that pop to me.
3: Well, to me, the, the two things that pop for me, too, is one, it'd be really interesting. And like you said, Tony may write a longer article on this. And, and I think it'd be, you know, for people that are interested in how these mega companies, right? Because we're talking about, you know, really the two titans of the industry of the top five. You say, you know, every year, what, 60% of the driver market? Is either Callow, I mean Callaway plus TaylorMade, right? So they have more. Uh,
4: it's yeah, it's probably a little less than that now, but so more than half at least. I mean, yeah, so it's about I would guess, and and it's it's typically, and there have been exceptions over the years, but that's that's your one and two.
3: Yeah, if that's the case, like it'd be interesting to kind of go behind the curtains a little bit as much as you can and talk about. You know how these companies are organized and how they're trying to execute the different things that they are. Because one point you mentioned, you said, okay, wanting on one hand to be a more authentic golf company, right, was the phrase that that you use. And then on the other hand, what you've seen in the last couple two three years is Callaway try to acquire a lot of businesses to effectively equipment proof its model. So on one hand, we want to be a more authentically golf, and on the other hand, we want to uh, position ourselves monetarily so that we don't have to be. Right, and so it's like hedging. You know, that's where you get the jack wool skin, and the OGO. And
1: yeah, I don't think that has to do. I don't think anybody saw that they bought top golf and thought that's going to affect my one word survey, though.
0: That's what I'm wondering. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's totally separate. I think that is equipment proofing your company, which is smart because it's tough to make a living selling equipment in this business.
4: Well, not this week, but
1: <laughs> yeah. well, you get what I mean. Over the 20 yeah, years yeah. being doing this, it's not in the last 10 specifically. A dollar is a dollar. We always say it. Whether you're selling a Nike limited edition shoe or a set of irons, they equal the same thing. And sometimes right. you got to diversify your bonds, as Wu-Tang likes to say. Wu-Tang so- Financial.
3: I'm not saying it's not an intelligent way to go about it financially at all. But to me, it's like you have a pizza company and say, hey, we're going to become more authentically pizza by making sure if we can't sell pizza, we're still okay.
1: I think you can do both. but that's I'm my not opinion.
3: saying you can't. It's just an interesting – like if we go behind and say, okay – how is made doing this transition? KPS Partners bought it out. You have this private equity thing. Now, right, again, it's rumored it's you know on the market for sale. We'll see where that happens. Whoever ends up buying that, that could have a, you know, that will have a huge impact on made in the next three, four, five, six, seven years. You know, and then you have obviously Ping, you know, Titleist, Cobra, Puma, um, you know, rounding out the top five. They each have, their really own, you know, different and unique blueprint.
1: You know, one interesting stat from this was, I just wrote it down, was innovation. Cobra jumped up 56%. I
0: was just looking at that one.
1: Which was kind of an outlier, you know, and that's cool to see because I think they have deserved that for a long time and might, maybe we'll see how next year goes in the same poll, but I think they've long deserved that.
2: How many how many people is this based on just out of curiosity? How many people voted and did the survey? We had
1: approximately 10,000 I think take this. It the survey. was
4: over, yeah, I think it was closer to 11,000 this time around. So it was a, it was, a, so that's it was good. a pretty big number. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Cobra one is is super interesting to me and, and I agree with you. I think pound for pound they are the most innovative brand in golf right now to a degree because they have to be, right? They're sort of like that <sighs> they're an interesting tweener brand right they're they're not like one of these big brands like Callaway and TaylorMade and Titleist and they're they're not a smaller brand on the scale of say a, a Schricksn or a Bridgestone or a Wilson i mean they are you know solidly kind of in that middle space and so you, you can't really decrease your business successfully and so you you want to constantly challenge those leaders and you do that through some some really cool things and not being afraid to try some Radical stuff, if you will. <laughs> <Like it's, laughs>
2: Did we capture the age? Because that would be an interesting one to look at, is the average age, the demographic-wise, to see if the younger demographic and that 56% up uh, went up for Cobra is correlated.
4: I think it was in there. I mean, it's we didn't report it, but we have it.
1: I can tell you one thing that wasn't in that demographic, and that is women readers on my gospel. <laughs> Zippo.
2: Zippo. Oh, we need to get that up. Oh. Trying. It's hey, it's more than Zippo,
1: it. but it's 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 not four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's it's as close
1: to Zippo as you can get.
0: Um, yeah. another interesting trend. I don't know if it's that surprising, but I'm seeing PXG associated with both hype and gimmick. So, do you think our readers <laughs> and, are skeptical? I think of they're of PXG? watching
1: more of Bob Parson commercials. You know. <laughs> It's polarizing. I mean, damn, can you get more bold and brash it's and polarizing than a Bob Parson PHGE commercial?
0: Selected least often for humble.
1: <laughs> Look, they're, no, they're unapologetic about charging $2,000 for stuff and $50 for a candle.
2: Well, here's my quote right here. If you don't make any noise, how will you ever be heard? You know, that's Bob right there.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's that's not surprising. I think going back to the... <laughs> The one that, that strikes me, and this is, and again, I think it's only part of the story when we talk about the dip in Callaway for, you know, we saw it for things like, you know, I think they, they dipped in innovation and ranked probably, in, in my opinion, much more highly than they probably should have for, for follower. But I think I think all of it speaks to the fact that um, while they are doing some cool stuff with the, the AI technology and things like that, fundamentally going back, I mean, Epic was like five years ago right the the first epic four or five years ago and and the epic speed max ls the the stuff that is on shelves right now fundamentally doesn't look much different than what was was there with with the original epic the story you know the ai piece is, is certainly evolving but fundamentally not wildly different you look at the the lineup the iron lineup the apex stuff looks almost identical to the Apex stuff that was on shelves six years ago.
1: What and why do you think that happened? They went with the Maverick and then they went back to Epic. So, On one hand,
4: there's something to be gained through familiarity, continuity, and the idea like this is familiar to me, Epic, I know what that is. Best example, right? The Pro V1 has been the Pro V1 since the Pro V1 launched.
1: So do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Which one are you trying to say? I
4: think there's a lifespan to to a driver, to a, to a product lineup, where if you don't give it a cosmetic overhaul, if you don't give the appearance of, of new technology, right? So that sliding weight track system, it's really good, it works, but you know, it, it looks the same, the driver looks the same. And so- So
1: what I hear you saying is maybe the reasoning for some of these numbers could be because they rode that horse just a little bit too long.
4: <laughs> certainly within this product cycle, like the feeling I would call it like epic fatigue, right? Like, okay, we've, we've seen this. We know what this is. And I think probably a lot of golfers associating with what they saw three, four years ago. But if the
1: average person only buys a driver every 3.9 years, is that the life cycle?
4: Yeah. Or? Well, that's like, I'm looking for a new driver and what's on the shelf looks exactly like what was there when I bought my last new driver.
2: We're seeing the same thing happen. I mean, with the Odyssey putters, the, the OG one this year, it's a, it's exact look like that's
1: nostalgia right that's not the same thing that's a rehash of 20 years ago right
2: right but i'm saying it's 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 looking the same
1: if there was no epic for five
4: ten years and then they came back with an epic like they did with big bertha
2: that's what i'm saying so do you think they do you think they took it too long too far
4: maybe but it's it's been sort of epic not epic epic not epic
1: Well, I go back to when TaylorMade rose to the top, right? And granted, this also is what made them fall (laughs) incredibly quickly. But that life cycle that they had uh, built, no matter who you were as a golfer, Tony could walk into the store today. I could walk in three months later. Chris could walk in four months later. Miranda could walk in six. No matter when we walked into the store, TaylorMade was going to have the newest product on the shelf because of the life cycles that they built, right? So how does that translate to the golfer? Why does that matter? Because the people in the stores get most excited about the new shit that hits the shelves, right? So when you walk in, they know the most about that. It's top of mind for them. They're talking about it the most. It's the newest commercials you're seeing. So it's always topical for them to be chatting about with the newest person that comes in. And that worked. That always fresh thing stayed fresh until it rotted. But maybe, you know, Epic and with the pandemic and all this other stuff, maybe riding it out isn't the worst thing. I mean, Callaway seems to be doing pretty well in sales, right? And that's a key point here, right? You're kind of given this opinion survey that
4: that looks bad, but at the end of the day, Callaway is still doing really, really well.
1: So was TaylorMade until TaylorMade wasn't.
4: Right, well, and that's all right. Everybody does well until they don't. Uh, and certainly, I, I think, you know, TaylorMade, I believe, finished number one in the driver category last year uh data is really you know we're just into the season now taylor made finished on top for the for the first month of of meaningful data and some of that's going to be impacted by supply chain issues and and who actually has product on the shelves but you know i think i think like i said sim is the hot shit right now on like you walk in that driver gets your attention just like it got your attention last year and i think you know by by next year if there's still if next year is a sim 3 then you start to go hey hey wait a minute you know are you putting yourself in that that fatigue situation again i got um, you
1: it's a fine line
4: i think it's like it's like movie sequels right at some point in
3: time there's too many of them to differentiate
1: man don't don't tell my son that about star wars
3: man well
4: that's what i'm saying though but well there used- were there were some star wars movies that were pretty bad in the middle there charge <laughs> our mm-hmm. banks
2: He was my favorite dude what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs>
3: And so I think people see Callaway as an epic franchise. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. They see it as, okay, this is that epic franchise. And there's a story, it's AI, it's speed frame. Jailbreak. Jailbreak, right? But if that's working, why would you change it? If your sales are where you want to be and things are going and you're winning most wanted tests and the products are performing, why change it?
4: That's a really excellent point. And I don't necessarily disagree. So if you, again, if you look at the brands that, that I would say flatline, but in a good way, right? We don't see a lot of this from Titleist, and we don't see a lot of this from Ping, and right. that, that's true both in our survey and and how those brands fit in the market. They tend to be relatively level, you know, some years up a little, but you know, mostly you see steady growth, and and they do that through through continuity between their lines. And so this is where I talk about the idea of Callaway evolving as a brand from. You know, the Harry Arnett sort of everything is super exciting, you know, pirate ship mentality. You're talking about epic fatigue.
1: That is epic fatigue. Like that was fatiguing epically. But
4: yeah. And so if you are going to say, hey, you know, we are we are this tour authentic golf brand, right? We're going to we're going to be rooted, have our roots with the best players in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's that's part of why they brought on John Rahm and trying to bolster that tour staff, which has traditionally not been on par with with TaylorMade. But we're talking about two different things. We're talking about performance
1: and perception, right?
4: But no, no, hear me out. So, if you're going to say, "Hey, th- this is who we who we are. This is who we want to be. We're we're going to be this this level tour brand like a Titleist, like TaylorMade is has kind of almost become, then then it kind of makes sense to write out these product lines and and provide that continuity. But there is an adjustment curve, I think, with the consumer before to get to the point where you you think of Callaway in the same way you think of those other, you know, tour brands.
2: Well, at the end of the day, I think a lot of this it's going to come down to if you're a loyalist of that company or not. Like if you're a loyalist, you're going to be buying that brand no matter what driver comes out. If you like the epic. Yeah,
1: but Harry, there's performance, like I said, in perception, right? Performance is how it performs and most wanted, how it performs in stores, <laughs> Cowboys it performs perception is the one way is the one word surveys and at some point when those one word surveys tip the scales to where it becomes negative and negative negative whether you are a follower or a you know brand wash person of that brand or not TaylorMade had that same ride up too and then people were like dude get the f- TaylorMade shit out of my bag I don't even want to be associated with it anymore right so at some point the perception hits the scale of 51% of people having more negativity than positivity, and then it just... There's a tipping clawing. point. Even when TaylorMade tipped, yeah, they were still one of the top
4: brands on the market. So you don't go for Well, it
1: takes a while for millions of people to trickle down all that disseminate that information and the buying patterns of those people that used to play that replacing it with a new brand.
3: And they were a top brand until they were sold for $200 million in cash.
1: Yeah, I'm just saying it's the difference between first and third and not not first and 20th. Yeah, but to right. those brands, they're both about being one thing, and that's If first. you're not first, you're last. Exactly.
0: Can't have two
2: number ones. If Callaway are trying to get a brand that's going down the way of Titleist to try and get that loyalist brand, and it's not more personal.
1: It's it's interesting because the word authentic really is so unauthentic. In my mind, it's bullshit, right? When they say, I want to become an authentic company, those companies that call themselves authentic generally are companies that are less engaging on social, less um, open to the public, less authentic, right? But it looks authentic from a. We look very, we look very khaki and white polo, and we look very, you know, authentic and tour. But really, it's it's kind of BS, in my opinion.
0: Well, if you're trying to be authentic, you're not authentic.
4: You know that there had to be a meeting at Callaway where a bunch of people got in a room and sat down and said, "All right, right here we how go. do we be more authentic?"
1: <laughs> Right. that 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 is the definition of not being authentic. <laughs> right.
3: Well, that's contrived, right? It's contrived authenticity. It's like, I, how, how do you force people to be something? I mean, it's like, you know, we go back to, you know, we won't mention the names, but another media company, right? Where it's like, all right, Tony, you're going to learn how to tweet today. And I want you to tweet three to five times today to be authentic on social media. And it's just so forced and mechanical and robotic that... You know, anybody that sits there for more than a minute or two goes that's not real. You know, that's not that's not actually authentic
2: Yeah, that's in, That's Instagram. That's how hey, we have a perfect life on Instagram But actually your shit burning in the background. What is that documentary Harry? Uh, Fake famous. Fake
0: famous. Yeah
4: Whew. This is kind of how Nike went wrong is when they came in is like, you know what we're gonna be an authentic golf company and so we're gonna we're gonna put a country club crest on our equipment and all of this wacky shit. Whereas if you're like, why don't you just be Nike? You know, you, you have a brand be Nike. People love Nike because it's Nike. And and so to, to do something entirely different strikes me as odd. And now you have a situation where you had really hardcore, loyal Callaway fans. And some of those guys still exist for sure. Like we, we certainly see them, but that was all part of that engagement piece. And you're, to a degree risking trading that loyalty for for
1: the idea of of being kind of this this more authentic that big thing right that billion dollar thing that you're talking about that they built came down to really two people i mean mm-hmm. that's really what it came down to of Correct. what was and what is and those two things are not no longer two but one
4: you know callaway's not in trouble but it's it's oh. definitely kind of interesting to see kind of that that, you know, to use Callaway's own phrase, right? The Mongolian reversal uh, between the two brands this time around. You can say Callaway is doing things differently and, and that's that's certainly part of it. But TaylorMade is doing things differently too. And, and a lot of that is extremely positive and that's coming through as well. So it, it's not just that, you know, made just kind of flatlined and, and Callaway dipped underneath them. The fact of the matter is TaylorMade is, is doing a lot of things right that are resonating.
1: Yeah, let's give some credit to TaylorMade real quick um performance up 55 leader up 68 integrity up 88 deceptive down 54 and dishonest down 56 I mean that's every metric you want to see and it's big numbers some of the biggest do
2: you think that's to do with marketing
1: <laughs> I would almost argue lack of marketing that's exactly Tony <laughs> you're exactly right it's the absence of screwing up so that's the interesting thing <laughs> TaylorMade is actually becoming more <laughs> of that more trusted. Well, authentic, (laughs) right? Of like not pushing it in your face, not, you know, doing what they were doing. And it's working for them because people are seeing that change over a period of time to where they're like, oh, I kind of like this new TaylorMade.
3: The other thing that TaylorMade doesn't have, right? Like if you're just looking at a resume, if, if someone's looking there and say, okay, in the last three, four, five years, has TaylorMade made any huge mistakes, like egregious missteps? No, not really.
1: No. I mean, I think they've improved their iron looks. Their drivers so have, good. you know, looked the part now. Balls have tested pretty good, right? Yeah, good mean
4: golf special- ball, good golf ball, and they're committed to the golf ball, which they weren't before. That is true.
1: At first, you know, Tony and I would talk about behind the scenes. They're becoming much more transactional and direct to consumer behind the mm-hmm. scenes too. Which at first looked like whoa, but now you go, mm, it's probably a pretty smart decision, you know? Right. Um, right. They're just becoming more transactional as a company versus waiting for everybody else to sell their product, they're becoming very proactive about it.
0: So lots of intriguing things to take a look at in the one word survey. We're also gonna link that here so you can go and check it out for yourself and send us some comments. Let us know what you think about the results. Uh, But guys, I thought it would be fun to have a survey of our own. I couldn't really make it fit into the one word. So I went two words, but I'm gonna give you three options. Your response can either be worth it, not worth it, or you're indifferent. I was scrolling Twitter this past week and it resurfaced on my Twitter that Bubba Watson is using iron covers. So I thought I'd bring it to the panel, just get a general consensus about what we think about it. So let's see, Chris, why don't we start with you? Worth it, not worth it, or indifferent?
3: Worth it, 100%. If you have investments, you do what's reasonable to protect your investments, right? Especially if you're using a soft forged iron. And that bag chatter, you know, when you're walking around here, clank, 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 it it can grate on you. And if you want to use the clubs and you want to keep them looking like that, that's really the only way to do it. And there's some very stylish options.
1: Chris, I would look out for death threats on Twitter.
0: But why, Adam? Though, hold on. I have never understood the hate around it. Why wouldn't you? I mean, do you wear socks?
3: You wear socks on your feet?
0: I I have never understood it. All right, Adam, to you, worth it, not worth it, or indifferent? You don't care.
1: I'm gonna pull a Tony on. I'm gonna give you two. Oh uh-huh. I'm gonna say Fine. rewrite no, the rules. You're I'm just the boss. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say indifferent, but I think it's ridiculous. Like people go crazy. I think just because it's like peer pressure to say that they hate iron head covers, because really Golfers carry some of the stupidest shit, craziest shit on their bag, towels, ball markers that are this big for my golf spy, and you know, just the oddest, craziest stuff. The iron head cover is actually one of the most functional things that they... I mean...
0: It makes sense to me.
1: It does make sense, but the thing that I could see, I wouldn't use them personally just because of the fact that I would hate to pull them on and off like a driver head cover so many times in a round. I would lose all of them by the third time I played. But think about this. Do you have a driver head cover? Yeah. And I take Wh- it off the first hole and I throw it into the bag. See, most people, but like people that have, like a lot
3: of people, they don't do that, right? They No, they Harry head recovers cover his cover on, on and off, on and off. I mean, how many times do you take on and off your glove every round or a driver oh, look, head cover? Oh, look, I get it, man. Compare that I'm to not, a seven iron. I'm
1: not shaming people for having iron head covers. Thank you, you know, Game them things. I'm just saying I'm personally indifferent and I don't see why people shame people because it's not a big deal. People have so much different bling on their bags and, they're driver head covers from swag that are like fluorescent with hair flowing off of them. But you won't put a... Pins and aces. Yeah, you yeah. got the
3: hair flowing doing that.
1: But you won't put an iron head cover. So I don't get it.
0: All right, Harry. Worth it, not worth it, or indifferent iron head covers?
2: If my set of irons costs five grand, I would put iron hair covers on them. If, if not... So, PXGs you would iron, tone. So... PXGs, yeah. I could potentially do it. <laughs> oh. Potentially, but if it's, if it's not, no, I'm not going to put it. Here's the thing, if it's a good looking iron, it didn't cost me a heart, arm and leg. I want to show those bad boys off and just be like, if I'm playing match play shine in my opinion, um, opponent's I face.
0: I I'm, I'm going to put your feet to the fire here. You've got to pick one of the three worth it, not worth it, indifferent.
2: Indifferent. Lame.
0: Sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, what do you think? Worth it? Not worth it? Indifferent? I'm trying to read the look on your face and and figure out what you're going to say, but I can't. Let's see if
1: we can bet on what Tony's going to say.
0: Your look is indifferent. I cannot figure out whether you're mad I'm asking the question.
4: So I'm going to ask, what kind of chode... Uses iron covers.
0: <laughs> Honestly, like, um, I, mean, like, I love that word.
4: If, like if you're going to put iron covers on your clubs, you should also have to wear like a baseball jersey that says toolbox on the hey, back. Hey, that's a like, shirt that's- right
1: there. What kind of chode wears iron head covers? <laughs> but but I will say, if, if
4: you're asking <laughs> and you didn't, but I'm going to pretend you did, which I find to be the greater aggravation, which would grate on me more, assuming I'm playing with somebody who's got iron head covers if it's not impacting pace of play, all the, let me just put this back in whatever bullshit. I'm just going to roll my eyes quietly, but <laughs> man, the, the more egregious offense to me would be like a low quality, two piece, low compression golf ball. That would be like- So let me, <laughs> hold have, on. Like, let
0: me pose you this one. A per, playing with the person- what's the bigger- has- Premium
3: ionomer golf ball or <laughs> when is iron that? head covers. Which one? Tony,
1: <laughs> did you or did you not have a set of Mioras that you called the best irons money could buy did you or did you not ever put iron head covers on those those fancy so w- ferrules?
4: Yeah, so I definitely put fancy ferrules on them because that's awesome. But um, <laughs> the the I w- the only argument I will ever make for. Did he answer you didn't the question? Answer. Uh-huh.
0: You're jumping around. I'm getting
4: there. Hold on. So yes, at one point in time they did have iron covers, and that point in time was immediately before I stuck them in my travel bag. And brought them to the airport. So that, to me, like travel only is the one time it is acceptable. Because, man, airlines. Are- I'll,
2: I'll take that, Tony. I'll take that.
0: So you're not a jabroni if you're on an airplane.
1: He's a travel chode, not a golf chode. Okay, that's right. Well, and, and here's the thing. So <laughs> totally.
4: And this is this is what it is a perfectly acceptable thing to put iron covers on your on your irons to protect them from the airlines. There is no time at which th- there is no travel equivalent of a cheap ass golf ball.
3: So. There's no excuse, no excuse to play a premium or golf ball, but there are selected instances. Those
4: words don't even go together.
2: <laughs> Chris, do you have, <laughs> along with your iron covers, yes. a ball retriever? Yeah, it's an I gotcha. Do you go fishing for golf balls? Because, I mean... They do I save do, lives them- too. Yeah, no I ball. Do, tri-
4: I- the the argument for the ball retriever is the life saving property. It, right, it, it is. It is. It, it may be, nobody yeah. saved a life with an iron cover.
2: That is one of the best things about <laughs> the ball retriever. But now, now head covers is something different.
3: Yeah. So so True. let me let me tell you something here. I I still have seven daughters and they're still really expensive. And so they like to play golf. A couple of them will go out. They're not great. So, yeah, I'm fishing. I'm fishing for uh, for golf balls that they can use because they're going to last maybe one, two, you know, three shots. And so if I happen to see a couple that, that look good,
2: yeah, sh- swoop them up. Well, here's the thing. It is a trend in the industry. So we are going to be testing iron head covers. And, and yes. Thank it- you.
4: Somebody go find a shark for me to jump.
2: We have to test them just purely because the industry is trending that way. So we will test it for those <laughs> Is it? like guys like Chris. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, we have to.
0: Tony, I've got a better one for you. Playing with someone who uses iron head covers or plays bad music on the golf course?
2: Ooh,
1: that, now that's mm. a good question. Mm. Oh,
4: yeah. I think I have an equal ability to tune out either. So music on the golf course doesn't bother me like i said i'm not get off your lawn guy even shitty music to an extent i mean you know there i probably have limits you'd have to give me a specific
2: example of, i don't like, Taylor know Swift. the longer
0: we talk yeah. about music on the golf course the more angry that you get about it
2: <laughs> yeah i mean it's, that is it's, true. It's, the worst thing is chris if you have iron head covers and you you're walking and then you lose a head cover how annoying is that for you not
3: at all, because it's just one head cover.
1: Do you call up the company and go, hey... Uh,
0: yeah, do they sell them in sets, or do you buy them individually?
1: Ask Tony. He bought a set for his Miuras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, how much do they cost, Tony? I, I, that's a long time For travel time
3: purposes. <laughs> for travel
4: okay. purposes. Hell yeah.
3: <laughs> to answer your question, Harry, if I got 14 clubs in a bag and one of them loses a head cover, it's got nothing but soft stuff to clank against, so I'm not going to hear it.
2: What about two? <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, now they have to be two, and they have to yeah, be right you guys, next That's to each all in the arrangement. Yeah,
2: so then I just move them further apart from each other. Well, oh, no now you now you've rearranged the whole look of your bag. Now it looks weird.
4: You know what looks weird is having covers on all of your irons.
0: <laughs> Before we go, I'm going to play this song for you guys. Got bouncing California. Than all Got more in- No one still?
3: Nope. <laughs> Nothing.
0: On that note, I have no jokes to leave you with today. I'm just going to say, we out.
2: Thank God. (laughs) Bye, everybody.